Well, it's always great to be able to come together and be able to sing those songs of praise and get our hearts attuned and just focus just right. We are in a series called Decisions. I started this a couple of weeks ago. And what we've covered so far is we've covered this idea of the what and the do. Is What, what are we supposed to do? And what are the options? And then do are the choices. And, and last week we looked at who before do. That what is these options out there, but who is, is our identity? And when we have our identity and then we're gonna have the do. When, once we know whose we are, it's, it's easier to understand what we should do because once we know whose we are, if you've given your life to Jesus, then that is part of your identity. It's who you are. You are a Christ follower. And when you know your who, you have a certain set of default dues. We, we looked last week and we saw some of these dues that, that the Apostle Paul, that, that he wrote about of what we should be doing. Once we know our identity, that yes, there's gonna be choices out there, but these are the things that we should do. And we actually had this shirt produced in the middle of our service last week. And it was talking about the do's for those of us that are Christ followers. Of what, what do we need to do that, that we would clothe ourselves, that we would put on, that, that we'd have on display in the way that we live our lives, that we would display these things, that there would be compassion and that there would be kindness, that there would be humility, gentleness, and patience. That this is what we should do. And, and, and when we get these dues, it's easier to know, hey, I, I've seen this laid out. The Bible's been clear, so this is what I should do. And if you want to get your hands on one of these shirts, we've already had many of you guys order them. Today is the deadline to order, and then we're going to have these shirts next week. And you can text the word SHIRT to 210-817-8121, and you'll be able to get a shirt. We're just doing pre-orders for these, and so if you want to make sure you get one, then you're going to need to pre-order them, and then we will get them to you. Well, today we're going to talk about, when it comes to choices, we're going to talk about making wise choices. I think the wisest choice that anybody in this lifetime can make is the choice to follow Jesus. It's the choice to put your faith, your hope, your trust, to believe Jesus is who he has claimed to be and who he's shown himself and proven himself to be, the resurrected son of God. I think that's the wisest choice that anyone could make in this lifetime. I think there's another wise choice that follows after that choice. And that wise choice is to get baptized, to be somebody that after you've made a decision to follow Christ, that you make the decision now to be baptized, that, that you're making a public declaration, a public statement about your faith, your trust in Jesus, and, and you're just, you're going and, and showing this to others, but also for yourself, you're, you're making an anchor point that says, I know that I committed my life to Jesus because I was willing to follow through with this believer's baptism and being baptized. And if you're somebody that you've made that first choice, but you've not made the second, you've made the choice to believe in Jesus, but you've not made that choice to be baptized since following him, we are baptizing next week. And I wanna invite you to be part of our baptism service. And you can do that. You can text baptism to 210-817-8121. You can text that word baptism to sign up for that. You can stop by our next steps if you're here to find out more about that. But if you'll text that in or stop by, maybe you've got some questions. You're not even sure what's that look like. How do we do it? Could you tell me more about what that means before I'm really truly committed to it? Absolutely. We'd love to help you understand that. I think those two decisions are very spiritual decisions. Those decisions of choosing to put your faith, your hope, and trust in Jesus, and then choosing to baptize. But you know, that, that there's some other decisions that we end up making in life as well. 
And, and those are, are limited to just what we're doing with this lifetime. In fact, I want to take a little survey this morning and hope that you'll play along with me because I wonder how many of you, that, that if you were given a $12,000 raise and it required you to relocate to another city that you'd love to be in, how many of you guys would, would take that? How many of you guys would take, I, I'll take the 12,000, I'll relocate to a city I'd love to be in. Okay, there's a few of you guys, thank you. You let me get off pretty cheap, I appreciate it. So for the rest of you, I wanna ask this. If you were to get a $12,000 signing bonus and a $25,000 a year raise, get to live in a city that you would love to live in and do a job that you would love to do, how many of you would take that opportunity? I got a lot more players, yeah. <clears throat> well, I, I'm glad to see that because I, I'm hoping that that means that you're gonna be very understanding when I share with you that Cheryl and I have made a decision to relocate to another city, to another church with what we're going to be doing with our lives. Just kidding. I'm not, but I wonder, but I wonder this, how come it would be okay for you? But it wouldn't be okay for me. You know what, what, what is it? Why is it that for you, oh, it's, it's the wise decision. Well, I, I only did it because it would be the wise thing to do. And for me, it's like, you traitor, you giving up on it. What are you thinking? Well, why, why is it that it turns out like that for me? Well, I, I don't know that I'm actually gonna get that answer in this service. Well, I, I do think that there is this number one question, and I alluded to it last week. There's a number one question that I think every Christ follower has. And that is, What's God's will for my life? That, that, that every Christ follower that, that's serious about their faith journey, that they really want to know what is God's will for my life? What, what's his direction for me to be moving in and what I should be doing with my life? And how can I make sure that I'm making the right decision to do what God wants me to do? Well, last year I shared a, a quote with you that just, it, to me, it's just so powerful. And I'm, I'm gonna share it again. Some of you note takers are going, I've written this down before. But, but I really wanna share this with you because it just is so powerful. And it's by a pastor, his name's Craig Rochelle. And what he said is this, the decisions that we make today, they determine the stories we tell tomorrow. That our decisions that we make, they determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. And, and, and that should be driving us to make some good decisions today because we like telling good stories. It's painful to tell bad stories. And so it should shape what we're doing with the choices that we end up making. I, I think that we live at a time that there are more adults than ever struggling to make decisions. And that we've gotten to this place in society that to be an adult means that we're going to struggle to make some of these decisions. And I think there's a group of adults that suffer the most with this. I think there's a group of adults that it's, these are the group, this is the group that it is hardest for them when it comes to making decisions. And what group of adults am I talking about? I'm talking about young adults. That young adults, I think they are, I think they're at a place that it is more difficult for them 
to make decisions than, than for most of the rest of us adults. And I really think that there are two things that contribute to the difficulty in making decisions in, in our day and age. I think the one, the first one for me, is I think we have more choices today than what we've had in any other time in history. There are more choices and more options of what somebody could choose to be doing with their life. They get to find out somebody. There's more opportunity out there. The what is so big that I just think it becomes inundated with, I see too many, I just don't know what to do. And it's crippling to see all of the options and all of the choices that are out there. And I think the second thing that makes it really difficult is something that I call the Pinterest effect. The, the Pinterest effect, it, it's that sense where, where we get so much pressure with, with what we do and how we do it because the Pinterest shows you, hey, the, the, the perfect display of whatever it is you could even imagine or think about. The, the renovation, the party, what, whatever it is that you're thinking about, that it is just on display and it's just incredible to see what, what people are doing. I think to be a young adult and to be throwing a birthday party for your kids, I, I think there's immense amount of pressure on you because you, you've got some friends and they've thrown this Pinterest worthy party and you're thinking, oh, I, I've got to do the same for my kids or it's going to look like I don't love them the way that they love them. There's just all of this pressure it goes even further than this because we've got some people that they've chosen to put some of their life on display for us. That we can watch these videos of people or watch these series of photos of their life and their journey and we just see all these things and it makes it so difficult for us. That you can see a beautiful woman and she's like the perfect woman and she's got the perfect figure and she's got the perfect outfit and she's got the perfect background and the perfect pose and there it is and it's all on display and everybody gets to see it. I think for the guys, I think that we can watch out there and we can see some of these guys that, man, they've got the coolest job and they've got the coolest friends. They've got the coolest man cave and we just look at it and go, man, their life is just so cool. And then there's that adventurous couple that we can see out there and see what they're doing because they've, they've documented it all, they've video documented and it's all out there for us to see. And, and they're young and they're in love and they're adventurous and, and, and they're living the, 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 the perfect life because they're traveling the globe and going everywhere, seeing destinations we've never even heard of and going, I, I just want that, I, I want that for us. And, and, and then as, as we begin to see this and we get to watch the, their lives, not only do they go to all of these cool places, but they always get along. I mean, they never fight. It, it, it is amazing. And what we are doing is that we're looking at some people's highlight reel and we're comparing it to our everyday real, and we feel like failures. We, we, we feel like we're not living up, and, and all of this pressure is, is to try to live a life and do life in a way that, that looks like somebody else's highlight reel. And it begins to put so much pressure. I mean, who would have thought that just a few years ago that there would be a word 
adulting. Who would have thought that there would be book after book after book that gets written to try to help young adults begin to navigate and figure out, hey, how do I begin to make decisions? What is it that I need to do with my life? But it is really because you've got all of these choices and you've got this Pinterest effect and it is making it difficult to begin to choose to do what you're going to do. And then you've got the Christ follower out there. And for the Christian, that they have heard about this will of God, this perfect will of God, and it's like, oh, well, yeah, I've got to be perfect with everything I do for him. I mean, look at this with me in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's really important. Okay, don't, don't follow the patterns of the world. You've got to renew your mind. How do you do that? Get into God's word regularly, daily. Okay, spend time with him in prayer. That's how we're gonna renew our mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. You'll be able to discover, you'll be able to see it. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That God has a perfect will for all of us. Yea, we are imperfect. And I think for some, the thought of making an imperfect decision leaves us making no decision at all. I don't want to make the wrong choice, so I'm just choosing not to decide. And sometimes that's the worst decision of them all. But I think some people take this perfect will of God and and, and I, I think that sometimes people can take it a little too far. In fact, I'm going to share with you something that you and I might not agree on. You're like going, uh, yeah, that's every week, Will. So, but, but anyway, I'm going to tell you something that, that you and I might not agree on when it comes to this, this perfect will of God. I'm one of these people that happens to believe that, that God doesn't just select one person out there and you've just got one chance, one out of eight billion people to figure out who it is that's supposed to be your life mate. I, I'm, I'm just that guy. I'm, I'm not convinced that that's the way it is. But here's the reason I'm not convinced. How many of you would agree with me on this one? Because we probably will agree on this. How many of you guys would agree with me on this one? That there are people that have joined together in marriage that it really wasn't the wise choice for them to get married. Would anybody agree with me on that one? Yeah, so, so at least we've got several that are going, yeah, we're, we're, we're there on that. And so take this and carry this out with me. If there really is just the one for you, and you get a few of these and back up, not just 100 years, but maybe some 1,000 years, and, 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 and people end up getting with the wrong one, eventually that's going to mess it up for everybody. And so I, I do believe that, that God will just give us some options and go, here's a one for you, and that you could find your one, and, and once you find your one, that really you should be all in on that one, and then stay with that one with very little exception. Abuse, abandonment, adultery, that, that gives you a biblical card carrying, hey, I'm, I'm allowed out. Doesn't mean you need to get out, but it, it definitely gives you an allowed out. But outside of that, we should be going all in on this. But God does, he, he has a will, a perfect will for you and I, and we certainly want to know what that is when we are making decisions because we have so many decisions to make. 
of this, should I go back to school? Should I get married? Uh, should, should, should we expand our family? That These are big decisions that all of us have at times. Should I change careers? Should I buy or should I rent? What should I be doing at this particular time in my life? Should I make this investment? Should I take the $12,000 bonus and the $25,000 year rate? I mean, we, we just got all of these choices, these decisions that we need to make. And then you've got, being a Christ follower in all of this. And, and if you're a Christ follower, there is this perfect will of God. And if there's this perfect will of God and you're a Christ follower, then certainly, then certainly for a Christ follower, that God's gonna make it crystal clear of what decision you should make. That, that you're gonna be able to know exactly what you should do, when you should be doing it with incredible clarity that you would never miss out on and always know what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is. Not so. Not so. Yes, God's got a perfect will for us, but it can be hard to see and know and discern what is that that we should be doing? The, the, the best way that I think I can share this with you is that when you think of reading through our New Testament, that there's definitely this, this standout pinnacle guy that's at the very top of the food chain that you go, oh, he is all that. Jesus, right? I'm not telling you anything you didn't know, okay? But, but, but those of us that, that we have read the Bible, not only do we know Jesus sits at the top, when we read our New Testament, there is another guy that pushes really high to the top. Not quite as high as Jesus, but his name's Paul. And he wrote half of our New Testament, committed his life to traveling around the world and sharing Jesus with people. And you would think that, that if anybody's gonna always know what God's will is for their life, Paul would be that guy. So look at this passage with me. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, We'll start in verse six. Paul says, perhaps I'll stay with you for a while or even spend the winter so that you can help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because of the great door for effective work has been open to me. And there are many who oppose me. Paul had something that I would call certain uncertainty. That, that, that he was certain that God had a purpose for his life. He was certain that he needed to be using his life and sharing his life with others and sharing the hope of Jesus with others. But he was uncertain as to every detail of how that would lay out, how it would unfold, and what would happen at what time. When I think about Paul and how he served God effectively, I, I think that Paul understood that when it comes to living his life and, and doing what is going to be God-honoring, he knew that he couldn't settle for just playing a game of checkers. He, he, he knew that that life was more than just a, a fun little trip, a fun little journey where you just get out and you just kind of have fun a little bit and you kind of hop over a few pieces, you take them and you just keep working to try to get to the end. But Paul knew that life was more 
than just a checker strategy. And you can imagine where I'm going with this, that Paul had an approach in life that was a whole lot more strategic. That Paul understood that, that life is a lot more like playing chess. That there would have to be some strategy. There's gotta be a, a big picture. There's, there's gotta be this, this looking ahead, but it's also about maximizing the moment right now that is before you. That it would be involving making calculated choices, these calculated moves. And that would be the best way to live life. That I think Paul did a great job at, at looking ahead so that he could make the most of his todays without sacrificing his tomorrows. That, that he, would, he would use his todays for all that today could be, but never at the expense of his tomorrows. That this strategic life that he chose to live was one that served him well in order to serve his savior well. I think about some of the wisdom we get from these books of wisdom in our Bible. We got Proverbs and we got Psalms and we get some really good things. And Proverbs 16, nine says, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. So yeah, with our heart, we got, but, but it's, it's God that really is going to establish our steps. Psalm, the book of Psalms, in Psalm 37, 23 and 24, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. And though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. That yes, we might stumble and fall as we're moving through this life, and we are not perfect, none of us. The Lord upholds us and reestablishes a way for us to have this firm footing and keep moving forward. Have you ever thought, I wish I knew then what I know now? You ever had that thought? If you have, that's wisdom. That, that, that is wisdom. It, 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 at, at its high, it's you going, hey, I know some things now and, and I realize that that was not the best choice and I would make better, wiser choices now. That is wisdom. In Proverbs chapter four, verse seven, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. That pay the price to gain wisdom. That making wise choices means putting down the checkers mentality of life and picking up a chess mentality of life. I wanna share with you three insights for making wise choices. These three insights are what we could and should be doing to make the absolute wisest choices that we could possibly make. The first one, is ask God for wisdom. To ask him for it. To, to, to in your prayer time, to just seek him out and, and ask God, God, would you give me wisdom? That when we look in our Old Testament, we get to see this King Solomon. He's the third king of the nation of Israel. 
And his father, King David, was, was an incredible king and, and the most loved king of, of the nation of Israel to this day. And Solomon understood just how loved his father was, but he also saw just how devoted his father was to God. And God approaches Solomon and says, Solomon, you can ask me of one thing and I will grant it to you. And Solomon, he ends up asking God for a discerning heart. God, would you give me a discerning heart? It's even a wise way of saying wisdom. And this is what he asked for. And let's see what God does with this. And so we'll look at this together in 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime, you will have no equal among kings. And if we were to read the next verse together, God even told Solomon, he said, and if, if you will stay faithful to me, then I will even give you a long life. This was Solomon asking God for wisdom and what God did in giving him wisdom. Not only will I give you wisdom, I'll give you honor, I'll give you wealth. Stay true to me and I will give you a long life. God's wisdom is the best thing you seek to make the best decision. And Solomon, he didn't get an exclusive on this. He, he didn't get the only corner that God had to break off and give. We get to see Jesus' half-brother, his name's James. We get to see him say something about this wisdom in approaching God. In James chapter one, verse five, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. He's not gonna measure, hey, have you been doing right? It's just, if you're willing to ask for it, God's going to give it. It will be given to you. And so these insights to making wise choices, the first one is ask God for wisdom. The second one is walk with the wise. Walk with the wise. That it's one thing to approach somebody who's wiser than you and ask them, hey, what would you do in this situation? And that's a good thing. And I commend anybody who does that. But it's a whole nother thing to be constantly rubbing shoulders with people that are wiser than you. And, and to be seeking to just kind of grow in wisdom and grow in wisdom from them and how it is that they live their lives. And if you do that, it'll have a major impact on your life. In fact, I think whoever you decide to do life with will have a major impact on your life, either for good or for bad. And so let's choose wisely here. That the friends we keep, the, the, the friends that we choose say, this is who I'm gonna keep, this is who I'm gonna do life with, they impact both the quality and the direction of our lives. 
It's why as parents, when we're raising our kids, we're, we're very particular about the friends that they end up keeping. It's why as a grandparent, you might be concerned at times or you might be joyful at times because of a friend that's being kept and how people are doing life and who they're choosing to do life with. One of the ways that, that we can do life with people that are wise and just rub shoulders with them is getting in a community group, getting in a, in a small group, in a, in a journey team here at Crosspoint. Next week, we're having leader training. And, and some of you, you're, you're probably at a season in life that it's time for you to step up and, and to be a leader. To be a leader and to begin to, to organize and say, I'll, I'll, I'll help organize a, a regular weekly meeting just for a few months, just for a semester-long trial period, that, that, that I'll do that and, and keep meeting with these people. And we're going to rub shoulders and we're going to seek how is it that we can grow in our faith, that we're going to make sure that there's going to be a scripture verse, we're going to make sure that there's going to be a prayer, and we're going to just strive to do life together and meet weekly to be able to do this. Maybe you'll do a sermon-based model to where you're taking the message and you're going, hey, let's, let's keep talking through that. Here's some questions. Maybe you'll do another study. Maybe you're just going to do an activity together and make sure that you're going to share a verse and share a prayer together. But find a way to connect with others. And one of the ways for us to do this is we need to have leaders. So I'd encourage you that, that if you're just feeling God nudge and tug and yeah, I, maybe it's time for you to step up and be a journey team leader. And then in February, we're going we're gonna to start our next semester. For the rest of you, that you can just participate and jump in if you're not already in a small group, that you would be able to, to do that and feel what it means to be able to walk with others that are striving to be wise and how that can help shape your life. That if you want to make better decisions, then spend time hanging around people who are constantly making better decisions. Over the years, I certainly have leveraged hanging around people who are wiser than me. In fact, I'll tell you three major areas of my life that have been impacted because of the time I have spent hanging around people that are wiser than me. Uh, even when I was a teenager, I was spending time hanging around people that were wiser than me spiritually. I was already a Jesus follower in my teenage years and I was very serious about my faith. And, and so I did. I, and one of the things that I saw in, in people who were wiser than me is, is I saw people that, that had great marriage relationships. And the thing that I saw in people who are wise in great marriage relationships is I saw that they protected purity. That, that purity was just such a major choice that they made to make sure that they had a solid relationship with each other. And so even from my teenage years, I strived, I was not perfect, but I strived to make choices that I would be pure, that I would do that. I got to hang around some people that were wiser than me in their spiritual journey and just seeing what it was like to have a steady diet of spending time, daily time with God, getting in his word, just taking time and, and sharing time with him in, in prayer. Get the, get the, having time where just using your music time to let more of Jesus kind of pour into your thoughts and into your heart. That, that just listening and seeing how people were doing that and realizing that needed to be something that I needed to be very intentional about. If I was going to have the kind of connection with my Heavenly Father that I desired to have. And the last one I'll tell you about that, that really shaped and affected me. Was, was hanging around 
people that were wiser than me when it came to just their, their money management and, and hanging around some people that were wiser than me and, and people that started to have some, some wealth about them. And what I discovered hanging around these people and having open conversations with them, that the secret to being able to gain wealth is choosing to live below your means. That, that even if you just live within your means, that's not gonna generate any wealth. It's choosing to live below your means that's gonna end up generating wealth. And maybe for you, you're going, I'm not interested in getting any wealthier, and that's fine, you don't need to do anything. But maybe for you, if you're going, hey, where we're at financially, I, I have a, a better desire. That maybe you should be hanging around with some people that, that are making wiser choices financially so that you can start to make some of those same wise choices. But it really is, it's about walking with the wise and, and being strategic about this, being intentional about this. And the last one that I'll share with you is decide and take action. That we're gonna ask God for wisdom, we're gonna walk with the wise, and then we're gonna have to decide and take action. And this becomes important when, when we don't see this, this clear biblical mandate for what we should be doing. Because see, where the, where the Bible is clear, we just need to follow that. God has been clear in preserving God's word and the, our Bible and, and that he's shared some things. And so we know some things. We know some of these do nots. Do not steal, do not cheat, do not commit adultery. We, we've got this do not. Bible's clear on some of these do nots. So let's follow those. Bible's clear on some of our do's. Do not have any other gods before our heavenly father. That some of our do's, we even looked at these last week, that, that we would be compassionate, we would be kind, that we would be humble, that we would be gentle, that we would be patient. The Bible, where, where the Bible's clear, let's follow that. But there's going to be times where the Bible is not clear. We don't have a clear mandate about, well, what school should I attend? We don't have a clear mandate of, are, are you the one that I should get married to? That, that we don't have a, a clear mandate at times of, which church should I attend? We, there's times that we're not going to have that. But we're still going to have to decide and take action. Two final verses, and, and we'll wrap it up. In Psalm 32, 8, God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. That, that when you look at this and you see this, God will what? God will instruct you. God will what? God will teach you in the way you should go. God will what? God will counsel you. And through this instruction and the teaching and the counsel, then it's up to you and it's up to me to choose wisely where we don't have a clear biblical mandate, then we would choose wisely. This last verse, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. Paul is writing this. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. Not exactly the, the, the verse that you would think would be a single verse that you just kind of share and go, see, look. But, but when we look at this, he's saying that we couldn't stand it any longer. We, we didn't have a clear direction from God. We really didn't know exactly what we should be doing. But when we couldn't stand it any longer, we thought it best 
We, we needed to make a decision. We needed to make a choice. And we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. And then he sent some others to go and be with the church in Thessalonica. That we have to decide and take action. There's definitely been times in my life that God's given a very clear indicator to me. And then there's been other times when it's like, uh, wow, God, I see this fork in the road and I'm just really not sure what to do. But I'm gonna tell you about such a time. It was about 28 years ago. And I was serving at a church. It's the longest I've ever been at a church. 17 months. I know some of you guys are going, uh, I thought you've been here 19 years. I, I have. That 17 months felt longer than the 19 years I've been here. That, that I, had been, I had been sold on who this church was. And well, it turns out they actually told me what they were aspiring to be. But they told me as if that's already who we are. And I get there and they're, they're nothing close to what they've said of who they are. But I, I'm game and I'm like, okay, well, let, let's work on and I'll do my part. I'm a youth pastor, but I'm gonna do my part. And it was just met with so much resistance. We weren't but a, probably six, eight months in. And Cheryl and I already started having discussions about transitioning, an exit strategy. Really wasn't sure what that was going to be, but really just felt like we really weren't where we were supposed to be. And that was kind of the beginning of the conversation. And then we ended up having some future conversations. And while we were starting to make plans to, to, to go in one direction, I had a church reach out to me. And they started talking to me about coming and being their youth pastor. They'd never had a full-time youth pastor. And they were, they were hoping to get at that place where they could have a full-time youth pastor. So as we started talking and seeing more about their church, I, I really was just so excited about this opportunity and who this church was and what they were doing and how they were really reaching their community for Christ. I can tell you that when they offered me what they offered me, it was a 49% pay cut. And I had never been happier to be paid less because it was a fit. Not that I enjoyed going, hey, let me just work like, but it was absolutely the most joyful decision that I made for ministry. That the decisions that we make, they end up making us. It's why decisions are so important. It's why we're spending this time on this. And we're gonna pick up right here where we're leaving off next week. We're gonna pick up talking about trust God's process. I really hope you'll be here for that because it's really gonna be insightful for us to be able to trust his process in the way that we make decisions. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for being a God that, that you love us, you are patient with us, you are kind, you don't give up on us. But God, you have a plan for us. And even when we mess up, God, you're so willing to hit a reset button and meet us right where we are to lead us into our best future from that moment forward. God, I pray that our hearts would be sensitive to that and that we would desire your best for our lives and that it would change the way we make decisions. 
God, give us courage. Remind us that we need to come and ask you for wisdom. God, show us how we can do a better job at walking with the wise. God, give us the strength to decide and take action. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.